Man, I'm thankful for for our our leadership and and the ministry that they they all give themselves to. Amen. Makes makes us realize that this is so much bigger than than just us. This is a global kingdom. Amen. It's a global kingdom that will soon be heavenly. Amen. We we're not restricted or confined to the kingdoms of this world. And I'm thankful for that because the kingdoms of this world have a lot of problems. <laughs> but the kingdom of God is going to be a perfect kingdom. Amen. But that means <laughs> we got to go through a few things before we get there. Amen. So I want to talk just for a little bit this morning about maybe some of those things that we have to endure that we have to go through i i'm thankful again for for the worship and i believe just in the holy ghost today speaking of the lord fighting our battles being there for us to raise up that banner raise up a standard and that no weapon formed against us will prosper and i believe that's true the bible says so but it doesn't say that weapons won't be formed Amen. That's a small detail I think we forget about. We, these weapons get formed against us, and then we're like, man, Lord, what is going on? You said that no weapon formed against us would prosper, and he did, but they're still going to be formed. They're st still going to try to come against us. Amen. But when we are in his will, walking in his way, they will not prosper. If you have your Bibles and would turn with me, I really feel to really just kind of continue in what Elder Flowers spoke about last Sunday. Uh, and for those of you who maybe weren't here or don't remember, he talked about, uh, first of all, he talked about the children of Israel coming out of, of Egypt and being surrounded. I, I just mentioned it. They were surrounded by Egypt behind them and then the Red Sea, and they needed the Lord to come into their situation. And, and the word of the Lord came to the man of God and said, don't fear. You know, look unto your salvation. And so they had to look upon something that they couldn't see in the natural, but they had to look with faith. And then he spoke also about, I think it was Jehoshaphat and the armies of Israel who had to go out onto the battlefield, and they sent first the worshipers onto the battlefield, and then the Lord fought the battle for them. The enemies and the armies turned against one another, and the children of God are just over there worshiping, and the battle is being won as they worship God in faith. And so there's, there's power, once again, in, in our words and in our worship. Because when we give worship and praise to God, that's, that's an act of faith. Saying, God, I'm speaking this because I believe this is who you are and this is what you do. You win battles. Amen. And so, like I said, just kind of picking up where he left off. It's, I think, going to sort of connect here. So Matthew chapter 7. I didn't say that already. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13. You know, there's a lot of people try, that try to claim the, the blessings of God, that try to claim the benefits of, of the kingdom of God, yet they choose still to, to live a life outside of the commandments of God. And, 
you know, you can speak all the positivity and, and stuff that you want, and it'll help you a little bit, but if you don't ever come into alignment with the Word of God, uh, it's, it's not going to help you too much beyond this life. It's going to be short-lived. Amen. And so there's an alignment that, that we have to make that, uh, in order for the blessings and the promises of God to be active in our lives. And one of them is coming into, into the fold, coming into the gospel, partaking of the gospel of Christ. So it says here, Matthew 7, verse 13, says, Enter you in at the straight gate. Man, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Man, that's the tragedy. But verse 14 says, once again, because straight is the gate. And I realized just recently that that doesn't mean straight like a straight line. You'll notice the spelling is kind of different there. It's S-T-R-A-I-T. So that straight is like a straight, it's like, it's like something narrow. Uh, and so it's a narrow gate. And if we look at John chapter 10, we know that Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the door to the sheepfold. And so we've got a lot of Christianity, quote unquote, out there that's saying, you know, come this way to prosperity, come this way to to good life and and but it's real broad. There's no restrictions in it. There's no there's no conviction behind it because well because you don't gain people or you don't gain tithe and offering by preaching conviction. And so there's a lot of even quote unquote churches out there that are broad ways that don't have the narrow way of the gate of Jesus Christ. And unfortunately those ways don't lead to life. They don't lead unto everlasting life. But the verse continues and goes on and says, And narrow is the way. I think it's so amazing because Jesus also is the way. He's the truth and he's the life. So narrow is the way which leads unto life. And few there be that find it. Few there be that find it. You know, that, that word narrow there, as I got digging into the meaning of this verse and realizing, oh, that straight isn't straight, like a straight line, I thought maybe I'll look at the meaning of these words a little more. And that word narrow there, speaking of the way, it literally means to press as grapes in a, in a wine press or to press hard upon. It's a compressed way or a narrow contracted way or it could literally translate as to trouble to afflict to distress and that's that is why it's a way that is not the way of the crowd that's why it's a way that's not the way of the masses because it's not only narrow in size but it's narrow in that it's something that presses us and tries us and pushes some things out of us as we go that way. So we, as we enter the door of Christ, of Jesus, he lets us, thankfully, he lets us come in simply by repenting and being baptized in his name. He says, okay, you can come in through the door. You found the door. Come in. But I'm thankful. I don't know about you. I'm thankful it doesn't stop there. 
We, don't, we can come in the way that we are, but we don't stay the way that we are. Now, this way, and I believe the further and further we walk down the way, the narrower and the narrower it gets. Because the will of God is that no flesh should glory in his presence. Man, the will of God is that this world would not see our flesh or our lives, but it would see his example as we're walking hand in hand with him. And so that doesn't look like, that doesn't look like us just doing our own thing every day. It looks like us walking narrowly, walking straightly in this path of righteousness. And it's, it's amazing to me that the, the very next verse uh, verse 15, watch this. The next verse says, Beware of false prophets. Hmm. Because they come to you in sheep's clothing. So they come subtly. They come looking all fuzzy. <laughs> they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So I did a little bit more of a, a word search here. And if you recall, just a few weeks ago as well, Elder talked about, I think he was using John chapter 10, where it talks about if anyone comes up any other way except by me, he's both a thief and a robber. And he talked about that word meaning, you know, a robber or an extortioner. Remember that? Well, this word here, ravening wolves, is literally a robber or an extortioner. So these, these false prophets that say, you don't have to go that way that's, that's so narrow, that's so, it's troublesome, it's afflicting, it's not comfortable. It's, that's, not the pros, that's not the way of prosperity. They come and say, look, there's a much easier way and you get to live however you want. You just get to take, take of the grace of God because, man, we're saved by grace, so why wouldn't we live in and grace and freedom doing what we want and enjoying the pleasures of this life that God's given us. And it's subtle because it's wolves and sheep's clothing that are there to rob and extort the way that we would go that is straight, that is narrow, that's restricting because it's not supposed to leave us the way that we came in. It's supposed to press some things out of us. Amen. I, it's kind of a funny story, but as I, I, I went yesterday with, with my sister, we went on a, on a little hike adventure, <laughs> and uh, as hikes sometimes go, and, and life too, of course I started thinking a little metaphorically, uh, sometimes the trail gets a little bit boring, right? It's like, man, just following this, this direction that was laid out for me, I want to kind of I want to kind of do my own thing. I want to kind of go see some sights and experience some things a little different than, than what's been laid out here in front of me. And so that's what we decided to do. <laughs> we're going up this trail and, you know, we decided, you know, we're kind of close to done. There's this pretty steep hill right here and to the left of us, but I think we can get up it and we can see some. We're in pretty, a pretty dense uh, forest and we could see some, some sky peeking through. So we said, you know what, I bet you there's a view if we'll go up this, this hill right here. And sure enough, there was. There was a view. It paid off a little bit. Uh, but so we're going down the trail, and we go up this hill. Well, 
we didn't come down exactly the same way that we went up. <laughs> that was our, well, that was probably our second mistake. But that was our second, uh, that was our first mistake trying to get back to the trail. And so we thought, you know, we've came up to this hill. Why don't we kind of walk the ridge line and we'll walk back down and surely we'll run back into the trail. Well, that took a while longer than, <laughs> than was expected. We're like, man, we didn't go this far off the trail. Where's this trail at? <laughs> it's a very distinct trail. It's not like it's a little game trail. It was probably three feet wide at least and pretty, pretty dusty. And it was clearly marked that this is the trail. <laughs> And we just, in our explorative nature, decided to, like I said, go kind of do our own thing for a few minutes. Just, you know, we know the trail's right there. It's close enough. We'll make our way back. But like I said, as it was, as it went, without realizing, we got way further away from that trail than we realized. And then we, that we intended and it gets better. It gets a lot better because we're coming down, and, and it was, at first, it was pretty steep. We're coming down like boulders, literally rocks, boulders, like forehands, and not forehands, but all appendages we're having to use to, to balance and get down and pivot and all those, all those things. Um, and finally, you know, we get to where it's leveling out a little bit, so we're still not on the trail, but at least it's not as strenuous and dangerous and uh but we're still going you know and we're still not seeing the trail so i kind of there was you know a lot of times you're in the forest and there's fallen trees and they kind of make these cool looking bridges and so i was like you know what i'm gonna get another i'm gonna get a new perspective <laughs> kind of tight roped up this <laughs> this bridge log bridge and could see a little further down and thought you know that kind of looks familiar why don't we start going that way still wasn't the trail but it, we got a little closer and a little closer, and long story short, finally we did find the trail again, thank the Lord. And I started kind of jokingly, because I'd had these, these notes for a couple days before that, so I started kind of telling my sister, you know, it's funny, I think this is what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. And I started reading her this verse that we just read in Matthew, straight is the gate, narrow is the way. But then I went and I read verse 15. It says there's false prophets. Beware of them. They're like, sh in, they're like wolves in sheep's clothing. And I kid you not, it was a, as, as I was reading that verse, I, I can't make this up, because I'm looking down now, and I start seeing my footprints that had, been, had went the other way when we first went up. And I was like, are, are these mine? You know. So I made one beside it, and sure enough, it matched. And there was no other human footprints on the trail. This was, it was just us on this trail. And just a few steps further, <laughs> I see a footprint probably this big. <laughs> and it was not human. <laughs> it was some wild, I don't know what it was. Thankfully, we never saw the creature itself. But it was some wild animal, uh, I'm sure of. And it, we both, of course, kind of paused in that moment and then kind of went back to back with each other and <laughs> started making our way. Uh, very quickly back down the trail. Uh, but as, as kind of funny as that was, I, I believe the Lord brought me back to this place and made me realize this is the exact thing that happens to those who go away from the path that I've laid out for them. You know, I, it, it could have very well happened. It could have been a, 
as true of a story that we came across whatever wild creature that was while we were off the trail. And then how much worse would that have been when we're not even on the trail? We don't know which direction now we're supposed to go because I don't know how far this way or that way the trail is. And now I'm face to face with a ravening wolf, a wild beast that's desire is to kill and destroy me. And obviously that would be tragic in the natural, but how much more tragic is it in the spiritual because our natural life is temporal, but our spirit, man, is eternal. And if we allow some things or if we allow ourselves to get off of that trail and not realize how far away from it we've ventured, You just have to be careful. We never know what we will come across on our new trail that'll say, hey, yeah, this is, this is the right way, you know. This is, this is not bad. Yeah, like you can see the trail still over there. You can see it at a distance. So you're good. It's, this is more comfortable. It's more prosperous for you. And it's subtle, but it's destructive. Amen. Can we pray for, for just a moment? I have a few more verses, but I, can we just pray about this so far? Jesus, Father, we want to hear your words today. God, we want to hear your words and walk in the path of righteousness. We're going to walk, Jesus, in the path that you have set before us, though it may be narrow, though it may be pressing, though it may be troublesome and afflicting, God. We know that it's for your purpose for your glory, Jesus. Jesus' name. Uh, if you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6. Now remember that that word for narrow is the way it meant it, it meant to trouble, to afflict, to distress. So you'll, you'll start to see some of the, those key words here in these next couple verses. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 6 says, And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation, or it's for your comfort, it's for your, your solace, uh, it's for your consolation and salvation. The affliction, it's for your salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Jump with me to chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse, starting with verse 7. This is a pretty pretty familiar passage that you know again I, I mentioned at the beginning there's a lot of people that want to take of the blessings or the promises of God but but they don't want to live in line with the word of God and this is one of those passages that often you'll see on the signs at Hobby Lobby or in people's houses and they have nothing to do with God but they want to you know believe this part 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure, which previous verses and previous chapter 2 is talking about what that treasure is, which is the gospel of Christ. It's, it's the light of the Spirit of God 
shining in and through us, uh, which is also the Holy Ghost. So we have this treasure, or that treasure, in earthen vessels. That's us. That's our bodies. That's our flesh. That's, that's the frailty of flesh, which is also can translate, in other translations you'll see it say, in clay pots. It's, it's fragile vessels that this treasure is held in. But we have it. We have it. And for this reason, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 8 says we are troubled. Or another translation says we are hard pressed on every side. Yet not distressed. Why are, we, why are we not distressed? Because we have the treasure in the earthen vessel. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And the tragedy is of, of where we started in Matthew is that few there be that find this path. Few there be that find that way that's narrow, that's hard pressing. And I think it's not necessarily that's, that it's always few that find it. A lot of people come into the door, but I think it's even fewer that be that stay on the narrow way, that stay on that course. And too often many people abandon the process because of the pressing. They'd rather have the, the path of least resistance that is just their will, their desires, instead of allowing the troubles and the hard pressing of the will and the plan of God to work in them the things that he wants to. Amen. But as it goes, this path of life is at times a path of suffering. It's a path of affliction. But I'm thankful today that the sufferings, and I made, this, I made this note because I believe that the sufferings is all for the sake of my salvation. Every suffering that I go through is to push me a little closer to the cross. It's all for the sake of my salvation and for my knowing him. And then also that me being made like him would allow those around me to know him. The affliction, the things that I go through, and then my response to them, how I react to them, that becomes an example to those that are watching. They say, man, you're going through some tough things. Like, how are you enduring? Well, I have this treasure. I have this treasure in my earthen vessel. You want to know about it? <laughs> Trust me, it's amazing. I'm, I'm weak. I'm just as weak and frail as you are. But I have a treasure in this earthen vessel that I've endured some things to keep, to maintain. Because I know it leads to a life that's beyond this life that can be difficult, but it can also be prosperous. 
And at times that prosperity is a deception because it's temporal. It fades. And I'd rather have all the trouble. I'd rather have all the affliction, all the distresses that could come if it means that I have Jesus. If it means I'm walking on the path of righteousness, on the path with Him. And I felt in, in, in the Lord giving me this, I felt that, you know, I, I felt to pray for a change in our perspective. Because oftentimes, you know, as Christians, we, which we should, we, we hear a bad report from a coworker or, or somebody, a friend, and maybe because we're Christian, we even have people who will come to us, say, hey, I know you believe in God, you know, and I've had it happen even years after I've worked with individuals. They've sent me a message and said, hey, you know, I don't believe in God, which just blows my mind that they're asking me, and they preface it with that. But they say, I don't believe in God, but I know that you pray and believe in God. Can you pray for this situation? Pray for my mom. She had a stroke. Or pray for this. And, and I feel like the Lord, in, in giving me this, challenged me to, to change our perspective and change the way that we pray about those situations. And instead of praying every time that Jesus would take away the trouble or take away the affliction, take away the things that are hard-pressing their life, I feel like he, he's been challenging me to pray instead that those pressures, those troubles would instead press them towards the gate, press them towards the door that they have to enter if they're going to have true life. Because, yeah, we could, we could pray and take away all the troubles, take away all the pressures, and, but then they feel like they have no need of God. They say, well, life's pretty good, you know. I don't know that I don't think there's anything after this life anyway, so why would I need God? But I believe in the, life, in the same way it, it is in our life to lead us closer to Him. I believe those pressures, those troubles, those trials, and the life of everyone that's not yet part of the fold is for the purpose of leading them to the door, leading them to the gate, the place that they can come in and find pasture, that they can find a comfort. Amen. And that's what's so powerful. John chapter 10, I just, I haven't been able to get away from it. He, he leads us, and it's Psalms 23 as well. When we are part of his fold, when we're bought with the blood of Jesus, we allow him to be the good shepherd of our life. He leads us into these pastures that are green. And he says, here you go, eat. It's plentiful. And leads us beside still waters that we would be satisfied. And as Psalm 23 says, it's, it's not completely free of affliction. Because it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, many of us probably even today feel like you're walking through that valley. You're walking through right underneath the shadow of death. But I think it's, it's due to remind each of us that just as when we're in the pasture or beside the still waters, it's the same shepherd that leads us to those places, that leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. If, if we're feeling like we're separated from God in that time, it's not because He's separated from us. 
but it's because maybe we've got our perspective off of what it should be, or it's because we've went a little bit onto our own path and said, I'm just going to try out some things for a little bit, God, on, on my own, because, you know, we're meant to live life. We're meant to enjoy it. But how quick the enemy would try to come in those times as a ravening wolf. So I'm here to encourage, but also in a sense, I think, to warn today. If you, if you are not on that path, the path of righteousness, the straight path, the narrow path, then you're vulnerable. You're not in that place of pasture that's protected by the shepherd. That scripture doesn't apply to you if you go out. <laughs> To find your own pasture. You know, we can quote it all we want and have it on our wall and put it on our, our whiteboard at work. But again, if we don't align with it, align with the word of God, it's not going to apply to us. Man, let's, let's go ahead and stand this morning. I'm, I'm finishing. I'm thankful that you can have the knowledge and the understanding regardless of the troubles, the affliction, the pressures that come my way. If I'm walking that path with him, I'm safe. I'm protected. I'm comforted. Amen. Can we pray this morning? Can we pray for that? for that faith, that understanding, and also pray for a change of our perspective. Come on, I believe the Lord wants to change our perspective to let us know that we're protected, we're safe, but also that He wants to use the trouble, He wants to use the pressure and the affliction of those around us to lead them to the one and only door, to the one and the only way that is Jesus Christ. Father, I pray in Your name this morning. God, that you would give us a new perspective, give us a new understanding, Father, and open our eyes to see, to know, Jesus, that you're using every trouble, you're using every affliction in my life to lead me closer to the cross, to lead me closer, Jesus, unto salvation. Oh God, and that you want to use the pressures of the people that are in the world. You want to use them, God, to lead them unto the gate. You want to use it, God, to lead them unto the fold. I pray, God, that you'd give us a sensitivity as the sheep of your pasture, Father. Give us a sensitivity to those that are on the fringes, to those that are on the outside that you want to bring in. I pray, Jesus, we look beyond ourselves. I pray we look beyond this field and we look out into the harvest. That we would look out, oh God, onto the fields that are filled with sheep that have no shepherd. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, these altars are open this morning. If you want to come and pray about yourself, if you feel like you're not on the right path this morning, I would encourage you to come. 
come on the mercy of God is reaching today for each and every individual he wants us to be on the path that lead to him in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Come on, if you're not praying for yourself, can we find a place of prayer to pray for those that are not yet part of this fold? Pray for those that the Lord is drawing, that He's beckoning, that He's pulling unto this fold. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, give us a sensitivity. Give us an open understanding, God, that you're drawing people that you're beckoning people to come into alignment with you, that they would find the straight gate and the narrow way that leads to life.
pleases you, Father. Whatever pleases you, Father. Out of my life, Lord. Out of my heart, Jesus. Out of the soul that you created within us, God. Let the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You know, with everything that we've heard today, I couldn't help but sit there and some of some of the young people in my family probably know this. We continue to talk about being pressed and tried and troubled and along the lines of being shaped and formed into what God wants to enter into Him. Now sit there and the young people in my family, we've been studying out of Jeremiah. And there's a certain portion in Jeremiah where the Lord takes them into town and He said, I want you to go to the potter's house. And you see what he's doing there? Every time he grabs that lump of clay, he's spinning it on that wheel. He's pushing it down. First he made it. He didn't like it, so what did he do? He pushed it back down. Made some mistake. He pushed it back down. Things weren't going right. He pushed it back down. But he never threw the clay away. He never grabbed another lump of clay and said, this one's no good. He just said, we're going to start all over right now begin to press and press and make it into the vase and I love one of Jeremiah's one of the analogies that was used the metaphors that God was given to him a revelation it's called a stern or a bowl and at this time if you know what's taken place the children of Israel and Judah were not necessarily on good terms with God in this time and in this bowl, the Lord is telling Jeremiah, my people are going to this river. They're going to this water, drinking out of this way and not unto me. And it's like having a bowl that is completely formed and then having a bowl that has nothing but cracks and holes and everything in it. So when the water goes in, everything just leaks out. That's what my people are doing. I want to make them a bowl so that when the water's poured in, it stays it sustains, it helps, it nourishes, it is purpose. Before we leave, I just want to pray. I ain't going to take much more time. I want to pray that as we leave out of here, we allow the Lord to shape, sculpt, and mold us to fill in some of those holes and cracks and beatings that we've taken over life. Because sometimes when we leave out of here, we let the precious Spirit of God leak out of us and we do nothing with it. I want us to walk out of here and let it stay. Sustain me, God. Keep me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Fill me, Jesus. Stir me with a passion and hunger to continue to serve you. In Jesus' name, let's pray, church. In the mighty name of Jesus. With everything that's within me, God. All the pain, all the suffering, all the hurting, God. My past, 
my history, Jesus. I pray you take this lump of clay and sculpt and mold it, Jesus, into what you've designed me to be, Father, that the glory of the Lord shall rest inside me, rest upon me. Use me, Lord, for the glory of your name, Father. I pray over every home. I pray over every family. I pray over every marriage, God, and young person, Jesus. Fill the cracks, Lord. Fill the holes, Jesus. Pour your spirit, the rivers of living water, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. You are dismissed. Please remember Tuesday at the park. Randall, 48th Ave. Okay? We love you guys. We love you. Have a blessed Sunday.